Anna Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from the Wildlife Conservation Society's Global Conservation Program, zoos and aquarium, and their many partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. WCS Executive Director of Markets, Todd Stevens, wants to find sustainable, financially viable incentives for protecting nature, linking field-based conservation to private sector funding under the Red Plus framework. His goal is to use capital to ensure positive, environmentally friendly economic development in and around conservation sites. This model rewards restoration and protection of the environment, ultimately linking healthy ecosystems to healthy economies. At the heart of this markets-based approach, says Todd, lie at-risk forests, absorbing harmful CO2 emissions. Hannah Kaplan has this report. For decades, WCS has been supporting the Red Plus conservation model in hundreds of sites around the world. Red Plus is a framework which rewards communities, governments, and organizations for the conservation of forests with carbon credits or payments, which can then in turn be funneled back into conservation efforts. But why is WCS, an organization committed to scientific research and biodiversity protection, so invested in carbon credit-based conservation? Wildlife and wild places are contained in forested landscapes, and those landscapes are under threat. If we're able to successfully reduce that deforestation, adding another flow of funds into that larger effort is critically important for us. So, you know, we only work on RED where we have a long-term presence, where we know the governments, the local peoples, and we know we can be successful, which means channeling those benefits equitably and effectively to the people on the ground, the forest stewards who are on the front lines of uh, deforestation. Todd says that too often we omit humans from conversations about healthy, functioning ecosystems. I think we have a misunderstood version of what a, a functioning ecosystem looks like is that it's devoid of people. And that's just not true. You would spend time with local communities who are already the stewards of those forests. I think the other thing you would, you would see is you'd see people making money and the forest still standing in various ways. That would be conservation agriculture. That would be agroforestry. That would be ecotourism. Many ways that people profit from an existing forest. Key to this approach is government engagement and endorsement. Todd explains that a sense of ownership is critical here. Our goal is not just in that one forest. Our goal is in helping countries take ownership and get credit for the forest conservation they do as a nation. Does the government endorse this? Is this something that's part of their national plan? Todd gives the example of Kalsima Wildlife Sanctuary in Cambodia one of the country's most important forests, home to critically endangered primates and one of the largest remaining populations of Asian elephants in the lower Mekong. The 167,000 hectares of land is also home to 13,000 people across 20 villages who have directly benefited from the diversification of income streams resulting from land protection here. Todd explains how the model operates. So KOSAMA is an avoided deforestation project. So that's really about dealing with the drivers of loss. A lot of that has to do with agriculture. And so what I was really impressed with was seeing our work with communities to help them farm better instead of farm more extensively. I think it was a personally meaningful experience to spend time with rangers, to spend time with the communities who are seeing the benefits of these projects, but also to spend time with our partners, really are the government and the Forest Service who are helping to make sure that this forest is still there. 
Todd also addresses criticisms of the framework and says he invites critical feedback on its implementation. I, mean, I think it's really important that there is a critical look at all of these projects because they do do a tricky bit. And that's forecasting what the future would look like if we hadn't intervened or project had not intervened. Todd says WCS has three focuses, high integrity projects, feeding into policy processes, and fine-tuning methodologies around forecasting the future. Looking ahead to expectations for COP28, the annual International Climate Summit where world leaders convene to work towards solutions to tackle climate change, Todd wants to see more political commitment. The number one thing I look for is the political will to change where we source our energy. So I, I hope to see in, in Dubai that the, the industrialized nations of the world make commitments to changing their energy mix and changing it on the pace that we need for our planet to survive. There really has to be a concerted effort by the developed North to transfer money to the South if we're going to save those forests. We need to support alternative development pathways for the global South, for the place where the tropical forests are, if they're going to be part of the solution. Todd says that while not enough is being done to combat climate change, he is seeing paradigm shifts in how governments and the financial community are increasingly understanding risks. As emissions continue to rise, the biodiversity crisis continues, and we have not seen um, the global community come together the way it needs to. That doesn't mean I don't have hope. You're seeing the financial community see the risk in our current business model. Our current economic model is full of a tremendous amount of climate-induced risk. My hope is those people see both the short-term and the long-term gains of an energy transition. I'm not satisfied with the progress we've made, but yes, I'm optimistic that constituencies will come together who weren't always allies to create the kind of change that we need. For WCS Wild Audio, I'm Hannah Kaplan. Today's episode was produced and reported by Hannah Kaplan with help from Dan Rosen and Nat Moss. The WCS Wild Audio podcast is a production of the Wildlife Conservation Society. Please join us next week for a new episode. And don't forget to follow, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts.